and welcome to your favourite teacher. So I'm just going to do a podcast on some of the main ideas and some of the key quotations in Macbeth, just to help you prepare for the literature paper one exam. So Macbeth, as we all know, is a play about ambition run wild. Um, we have the, the Weird Sisters and their prophecy that Macbeth is going to become king spurs both Macbeth and Lady Macbeth to try and fulfil their ambitions. Now, as much as we might say that the supernatural influence has caused them to do certain things, the witches never make Macbeth do anything. Um, both him and his wife act in their own interest to fulfil their blackest, deepest desires. Macbeth obviously was once a good general and by all accounts before what happens in the play he seems to be a good man but he allows his ambition to overwhelm him and he becomes sort of a murdering paranoid lunatic. Lady Macbeth is someone who really sort of juxtaposes the traditional female stereotypes um, and she has absolutely no doubt in her mind that she wants to take the path of least resistance to becoming queen. So both of them want to be powerful and they sacrifice their morals in order to achieve what they want. Now you've got to remember that you know, Macbeth was actually someone who directly served the king. He was honoured by the king when he was made Thane of Cawdor. Um, and the reason why he was honoured was because of the fact that he had um, he had slain the traitor. So it's it's a tricky one because Macbeth isn't just killing the king um, and it's sort of someone he doesn't know he's related to Duncan he respects Duncan and he seems to be this moral character you know he's referred to as brave Macbeth and things like that at the beginning so how does it go so wrong because what we've also got to remember is in order to keep his position of king so in order to allow this ambition to um continue he's willing to kill his best friend Banquo and you know the that's one of the things Banquo's there with him at the beginning when he learns about the prophecies and Banquo was really meant to um oppose Macbeth in the way that he reacts to the prophecies he thinks oh well that'd be great if it could happen but Banquo's a loyal servant and he's not going to do anything to um shake up the status quo he, he would believe in the, you know, the great chain of being and wouldn't want to mess that up. Um, so Macbeth shows how naked ambition, free from any kind of moral or social conscience, m- takes over the characteristic of a person. And it's almost like a warning here from Shakespeare of unchecked ambition. Because it, the um, whilst we consider ambition to be a good thing, it's a driving force, we also know that social cons- constructs and um, things that m- rules in place make us act in a certain way. So an example I used to use is if I want to be... Um, if I want to be headmistress or um, one day or if I want to be the boss of my company, it doesn't mean I kill my boss okay it doesn't mean that or or it doesn't mean that I do something to betray um people just to get what I want okay so that was that's I we would know as a society that that's wrong that's not how you get what you want um 
So let's have a little look at some of the quotes that really imply that Macbeth might be going down this wrong path. So we've got stars, hide your fires, let not light see my black and deep desires. Love this quote. Try and remember this one for your exam because there's a lot that you can talk about. Obviously, we've got lots of um, symbolism here. Stars being bright, representing goodness positivity um so hide your fires he doesn't want that light that goodness okay and he doesn't want anyone to see his black and deep desires so his black whenever we have anything that is light and dark darkness is always considered evil my black and deep desires and the fact that they run deep is it's not just like a passing thought these deep desires we've got the alliteration here it's quite um We've got the rhyme, so it's, it's almost like a chant. Stars, hide your fires, let not light see my black and deep desires. He doesn't want anyone to know what he's thinking. He doesn't want anyone to be able to tell um, the, the, the way in which he might get what he wants. And obviously that it involves killing the king. So after hearing that Duncan's going to visit the castle, he Macbeth starts fantasising about seizing power for himself. He wishes to obscure these evil thoughts um, from any outside observers because obviously they're going to have to play the, the loyal hosts um, and pretend that they're welcoming Duncan into their lovely home when actually both of them are planning to kill him. So he doesn't want anyone to be able to tell that he's got these murderous impulses. So he his ambitions are to control the throne of Scotland and he doesn't want people to know them because he doesn't just want it to happen naturally through um, a chain of events that he doesn't control. He wants to control the situation and um, bring about, well, catch the nearest way, which is the euphemism meaning to kill the king. So metaphors of, of light and darkness are, are really prevalent in this in this play. And as I said earlier, it always seems to light is always goodness, um, and and dark is always badness. The things that we want to hide, so the bad part of human existence. Um, another quote then, I have no spur to prick the sides of my intent, but only vaulting ambition which erleaps itself and falls on the other. So Macbeth here is pondering on whether he should follow through with his plan. He knows that he's being motivated for um, ambition and power rather than there being anything wrong with King, king Duncan. King Duncan is a good king, a just king, and Macbeth knows that he should really be loyal to this king. Um, the fact that he says he has no spur um, to prick the size of his intent is... Perhaps he, he doesn't have the wherewithal to actually go through with this, to, to act on his intentions. He just has vaulting ambition that leaps itself, which means that he, he knows that he, this is what he wants, but he's not convinced that he's actually going to act on it. It's more than likely that this is just a fantasy that he's thinking about and nothing's going to come on it, so it's just going to fall onto the other. And that in time, he's just going to, to move on. So 
another key quote here because of the fact that we've got his the doubt in his mind so Macbeth doesn't start um, he starts as a good guy and he doesn't just instantly become this this baddie he does question we all want things it doesn't mean that we act on them and so here he's we get to see like the human psychology as he's balancing the good and the bad um, obviously when his wife comes in um, she's she can be quite influential with this and the the hallucination he sees of the dagger also play a big role in his eventual decision to kill King Duncan. Um, I'm just going to read a, a little passage right from the end and this I think is quite important for ambition because I think this might be Shakespeare's message about how um, unchecked ambition will end. So it's also one of my favourite passages because I just think it's uh, very poignant. So this is when Macbeth is very much um, about to be defeated and he's really contemplating the choices that he's made. So tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time and all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death out out brief candle life's but a walking shadow a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more it is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing so from that the things that i think you want to bring into your exam um I think might be uh, out, out, brief candle. So we've got more light imagery there. We've got life's but a walking shadow. It shows how the futility of mankind and how like pointless he, he believes his existence is. And this reference to player and stage. So even if you can put those in micro quotes, the fact that he considers himself a poor player and that he's just been acting on a stage, he thinks he's a pawn in a game. And he believes that he's been a, a puppet that has just been um, marched around by the witches or by you know some higher being told by an idiot so idiot player stage all of these things signify regret he also refers to it being a fool earlier told by an idiot full of sound and fury and then the best thing that you want to take in there try and remember these two words because they slip nicely into any essay when we think of Shakespeare's message signifying nothing and that's the bit that really sort of gets to me because we see this whole big cycle of someone that was once a hero and then gets their desire to be king but really at the end he's got nothing left his wife has you know killed herself off stage he's killed his best friend he's killed his king you know the people that that serve him want to rise up against him and it's a really sort of nihilistic conclusion so what that means is that there is no point to anything and it's the as the final battler are approaching he is obviously contemplating the mistakes he's made um the fact that his whole life has culminated in this complete rejection of of any importance he has nothing nothing to live for nothing that's worth fighting for so again it's something that is going to make the audience think back about their their selves what they what counts for themselves and you know maybe think that perhaps you need to readjust your priorities so 
Macbeth is is obviously an extremely violent play, and it you know it starts with a battle. It, there's murder of men, there's murder of women, there's murder of children, and you know and also a, a murder of a king, which is hugely significant for the Jacobian era. In the process of all this bloodshed, Macbeth makes an important point about the nature of violence. Every violent act, you know, leads to some inevitable next violent act okay so it's a chain of reaction that once gets started you know is constantly being repeated so Macbeth says after he sees Banquo's ghost blood will be blood violence leads to violence a vicious cycle and oft times to win us to our harm the instruments of darkness tell us truths win us with honest trifles to betray in deepest consequence so Macbeth and Banquo have just learnt that Macbeth has become Thane of Cawdor which confirms the first part of the witch's prophecy and that's what Macbeth says is sort of in response so Banquo notes that the stories told by witches might be an attempt to manipulate Macbeth. Obviously, Banquo was right here. And it, it's important to remember that Banquo is being put in a good light, and that might be to sort of suck up to King James, as King James reportedly was a descendant of Banquo. So these lines pose an important question about the role of supernatural forces in this tragedy. Are the witches dictating these men? Um, is, is, is it fate that Macbeth goes through, or is it through his own actions that he secures his fate these are interesting questions about humanity about identity about whether we are determined um so it's quite philosophical here and that's one of the really i think quite interesting elements um that shakespeare puts in this idea of how much choice we have in our own existence how much choice we have in our choices you know does macbeth have the freedom to ignore the witch's prophecies or is he just a puppet? These are things that you want to be discussing and analysing when you're giving your answers because they show your understanding, um, your AO1, so not just your understanding of what happens, but why things are happening and what that means to you. Um, so the resolution comes, we've got this paradoxical phrase, honest trifles that betray. So obviously, um, honest and betray, we've got juxtaposition there. And what Banquo means is that um, whilst aspects of the witch's prophecies are genuine, the only way that that's going to happen is through some sort of betrayal. He believes that these, quote, instruments of darkness. So the prophecies might gain control over him and Macbeth and then later manipulate them. So Banquo here is trying to be Macbeth's kind of Jiminy Cricket, the conscience on, on, the, sh on the shoulder, um, trying to tell him to resist these prophecies. And this belief gives, obviously, light to the fact that humans can act freely and aren't just dictated by supernatural forces. So Macbeth, on the other hand, wants to give in to his fate because he knows it's going to benefit him, um, and even if that means betraying, in essence, who, who he is as a man. Um, so another quote here, I am in blood, stepped in so far, that should I wade no more, returning were as tedious as go over. So again, so after seeing Banquo's ghost and Macbeth goes back to talk to the witches to try and figure out um, what the next steps are for him. He points out um, 
to his wife that his his destiny now is one that is wrapped up with blood murder and betrayal so when he says i am in blood he is fully immersed in his murder he's fully like down this step of the road and he can't get himself out of it so what he's basically saying is that the only way that he can stay afloat is to continue in this cycle so the metaphor of the pool of blood really articulates his own guilt um and we, we see that as well with Lady Macbeth when she's saying, out damn spot, out I say, and she's talking about how um, nothing can wash the blood from her hands. So we've got this constant motif of guilt and um, and perhaps the fact that now that he's started down this road, his actions are determined. He can't avoid his destiny anymore. So hopefully that's been a helpful look at some more ideas, a bit more um, in-depth discussion about some of the key pieces of evidence. Remember, you don't need to know them word for word, even if you can just remember that towards the end, Macbeth talks about how he is a puppet and a player on a stage. All of those things, they still count as evidence because you're still hopefully being able to demonstrate the way in which Shakespeare is getting across his ideas about humanity. Good luck, guys.